0: As this is Ress and this is the Overlooked podcast. Today we're going to be looking the disappearance of Caitlin L. Kelly. Caitlin was originally reported as last seen on Tuesday, June 16, 2020 around 10 to 10:30 10 pm near County Road VV East, in the trailer courts in the Menominee Indian Reservation in Wisconsin. It was said that she was walking on the highway towards the village of Kashina, Kelly's family had reported her missing on Thursday, June 18th, and they say it's highly unusual for, for her to go long periods of time without checking in on family. Kaitlyn was last seen wearing blue jean shorts, a black halter top, and a gray t-shirt with black sandals. Police say they are looking for someone who may have picked her up in the Menominee Indian Reservation. Police believe this happened on June 16th at 10.30 p.m. at the County Highway VV near Silver Canoe Road. Police state, we believe she was picked up and possibly taken to the city of Shawano. This was stated in a tribal police Facebook page. They state, if you know someone that may have given her a ride at this time, please let her know. Now, apparently at the time of her disappearance, it became an issue that people started spreading rumors that she was found um, a couple of weeks after she went missing. It became a big enough problem that the police had to address it on Facebook. They had to leave a message that said, whomever is responsible for saying she has been located, please stop. You're affecting investigation. And more importantly, you're affecting a family that is going through something very traumatic. Now, it is unclear when, but at some point in time it started being reported in the news that a later later confirmed seeing Caitlin between 11.30 p.m. on June 16th, 2020, and 3 a.m. on June 17, 2020, at her apartment in Shawano, Wisconsin. The neighbor reported that she was seen with an unknown male and two unknown females. And this was reported by uh, one of the articles that I came across. Uh, They state that the Menominee tribal police have stated this. I have not been able to find this information anywhere else. Um, And I would think that that is something that would be brought up in other articles. But what I will say is that this, this case was barely covered um like a lot of the cases i covered um there's just so little information um most of the information that i was able to find was posted within the same three to five day period um after that period you only see about one maybe three articles written about this disappearance after that now the menominee police department continues to investigate and search for caitlin The department has stated they have followed up on numerous tips and they've had people call in about her whereabouts, but so far no one has been able to locate her. Searches by law enforcement and several Menominee tribal entities are ongoing um, on the Menominee Indian Reservation in central Wisconsin. Personnel from Tribal Police Department, Tribal Conservation Department, Tribal Enterprises, Tribal Emergency Management, Great Lakes Search, Rescue K9 Inc. have assisted in multiple searches. Uh, so far nothing has been found or nothing has been revealed to the public. Now, about a month and a half after she went missing, the tribe offered a $5,000 reward tied to not only any information leading to um, info about what happened to Kaitlyn, where is Caitlyn, or finding Kaitlyn, but also another tribal member by the name of Robert Lyons, who was reported missing in 2017. Robert is a tribal member that was last seen riding his white ATV on the Menominee Indian Reservation in Menominee, Wisconsin on June 4, 2017. He left his residence on the ATV and was later seen driving near Long Marsh Road. He was never heard from again. About five days later, the ATV was later found abandoned on Menards Loop Road near the intersection of Long Marsh Road and Rush Lake Road. Now, he left his cell phone behind, and it really did not seem like he planned on leaving and not returning. Unfortunately, there are very few details available in his case, uh, but the tribe took this opportunity to remind the media that his case was still active and ongoing as well, and they were still open to tips um, regarding finding him as well. Now, of course, both these cases have very little information, but it does seem like the police are actively trying to work on these cases. It just seems like there's little information about what happened, what was going on at the time of their disappearance. Um, But from everything I have read, it sounds like the Menominee tribe is a very close tribe and uh, they have come together in times in the past to offer as much support and communion as they can to family uh, and friends of missing and murdered people um, from their tribe as unfortunately this is not the first time this has happened Um, in one article I read they even went on to explain that there was a person who has been missing since the late 80s and that people still check in on the family that people still reach out to the family to make sure the family is okay and just offer them love and support now Even though I have little information on this case, I've really been wanting to cover um, a case that involved missing indigenous women. Um, The roadblock, though, that I keep getting is lack of information. Every time I look into a case, um, that isn't a case that's already blown up in the media. There's just so little information. The number of um, missing indigenous people is something that no one seems to be able to say with certainty. The numbers officially used in data collections vary from county to county, to state to state, even at the federal level, they never seem to match up. In an article written on the Wisconsin Examiner, it is reported that in 2016, the National Crime Information Center reported that 5,712 missing indigenous women or girls were reported but the federal department of justice database at that time only listed 116 of them women seem to disappear from reservations at what seems to be a really high rate Um, and we believe some of this is due to these locations being so remote some of these locations lack even a single police officer that is there physically other times, there's issue regarding jurisdiction, whether this is a case that needs to be handled by uh, the tribe or local police or state police. It could be someone that is from a particular tribe, but maybe they didn't go missing on the reservation. It can get really messy really easily. Um, and then also, we have, to, we have to mention that some victims are simply discounted because of their race. And that is a very real thing. Also, another issue that seems to keep coming up every time I look into the case is that sometimes the mention of, or the, yeah, the mention or involvement of prostitution is brought up in the case of a missing woman. And then the case is just completely treated differently once that idea um, pops into the head of the public and even the police. Now, this isn't something I'm just saying as opinion, even at the state and federal level, there are multiple loud concerns that women and girls that are uh, indigenous that are living on reservation, there's a loud concern that these women and girls are victims of trafficking of some sort, whether it be labor trafficking or sex trafficking. And While we're on the subject, I just really want to stress that regardless if a person is prostituting out of their own free will or by force, their life is important. They are important and they are deserving of justice. And I wanna throw that out there because that seems to be a common theme that once the topic of prostitution is brought up, there is a disconnect from people, the media, and even the police. And all of a sudden, we start hearing kind of victim blaming type of quotes, victim blaming type of mentality. And let me be clear, one form of victim blaming can look like, well, they knew the dangers that came with that line of work. Not only is that unfair, that is unjust, and that is disgusting. There are dangers that come with being a police officer, that come with being a construction worker. There are dangers that come with being a social worker. But when these people are met with tragedy, people don't hesitate to show sympathy. People don't hesitate to see them as a victim. And individuals who are involved in sex work, even if it's by choice, they deserve the same care, concern, and sympathy. I'm going to stop ranting on that but I really felt that was important to get out there uh, because again when I search multiple um, missing person cases of women or girls who um, were indigenous and were living on reservation that topic seemed to come up a lot and it seems to come up on cases where the ball was just simply dropped now in the same Wisconsin Examiner article I was mentioning earlier, um, they mentioned that all 11 tribes in the Wisconsin area have multiple unsolved missing person cases. And it does seem like in recent years, activists have been vocal about the concern about missing indigenous women who get little to no media coverage. Um, and we are starting to see more task force and groups specifically folks on the specifics in the cases of missing and murdered indigenous groups Um, which is important um, but because what we can gather their cases deviate from the typical missing persons cases due to multiple little factors for example according to the Center for Disease and Control and Prevention Homicide is the third leading cause of death among American Indian and Alaska Native girls and women up to the age of 24. It's the fifth leading cause of death for women from the age of 25 to 34 years of age. Now, the Attorney General Josh Kyle for Wisconsin in 2020 um, said that he was going to form a Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Task Force to look into the crisis around the adoption, homicide, and trafficking of Indigenous women in Wisconsin. Um, As of December 2020, the Minnesota Department of Public Safety Office of Communication released a statement um, informing the public that the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Task Force brought together the voices of survivors and families advocates, law enforcement, public health experts, legal legal experts, tribal leaders, and legislators to develop a comprehensive and thoughtful report on the disproportionate rates of violence against native women and girls. In this statement, it says that the task force revealed the root cause of missing and murdered indigenous women and justices are often based in colonization and historical trauma, racism, sexism, and sexual objectification of indigenous women and girls. Indigenous women and girls and two-spirited people are not at an increased risk of violence because of individual risky factors or behaviors or poor choices, but rather because of systematic risks such as poverty, homelessness, child welfare involvement, domestic violence, sex trafficking, and prostitution, which place them in more dangerous situations. Once an Indigenous woman or girl goes missing or dies under suspicious circumstances, the investigation, the prosecution, and the sentencing process that are supposed to be there to serve justice often fail them, and often fail to provide equal and fair treatment for these victims. The system does not include sufficient resources for adequate culturally responsive healing resources for Indigenous victims or survivors, families, or their communities. Now this task force included in their statement the next steps um, and their um, recommendations. The recommendations were to create a Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women's Office to provide ongoing attention to and for leadership um, to address this issue, ensure adequate funding and resources to implement these recommendations, address systematic racism, and a focus on eliminating poverty and meeting basic needs. Now, this sounds good and dandy, but a lot of people are skeptical and they're wondering, okay, but is this report just for theatrics and show? And there is a good reason for people to be skeptical. In 2019, there was a bill that was sent to the floor to basically try to create a similar type of task force, but the bill was killed on the uh, the legislative floor due to inaction. They literally just did not move on this bill also let's not be dense to the fact this has been an ongoing problem for decades and actually if we really want to get into it for centuries the task force seems to offer great recommendations but it doesn't seem like the task force actually has the power to force any real movement while i agree the task force is a great start in the right direction the task force is literally just echoing things that the community has been saying for a very long time. Though the positive is that it is saying it at a higher level that can reach people who can make some type of movement. Janet Bowley, the Senate Majority Leader in Wisconsin, says, and I quote. We just don't naturally get the data that we need to understand who is missing, what's happened, how many women have been taken, abducted, or unfortunately beaten and murdered. Why is it that native women go missing? We would have to start that process of an an investigation so that we can at least understand exactly what is happening. And then that would lead to other things that could prevent this from happening. Again, her words seem nice and they're true. Uh, but again, many are skeptical because it seems like every couple years, there's this sense of urgency of what's going on with our women? What's going on with indigenous women? Why are they being missing? Why are they murdered? Attention is brought up. There's some words that sound very social justice Very little kind of steps are made that people are like, yes, we're in the right way. But there's no real movement. In that article I was mentioning earlier, they were saying in 2016... How we had that big disconnect from that number of 5,000 and something women being reported missing, but the federal database only having a hundred and something of them stated. Why is it now in 2020, that is when uh, the Senate minority leader made that statement that I just read. Why is it that in 2020, we still have an issue of, yeah, we still don't know. uh, We still have the data of how many people are missing and what's happening. Why is that? Because it seems like in 2016, you guys knew that was a problem. And let's be real, we knew that was a problem earlier. So people kind of having this kind of skeptical outlook on, yeah, okay, you created these task force, now what? It's realistic because this has been a problem and we've had little nudges in the right direction, but there still seems like there has been no major movement to make sure this stops happening. And at the very least, make sure that when this happens that these victims are treated justly and that their cases are solved and that their family has some type of closure. That these women and girls are brought back home to their families so their families can hug them again, love them again, know where they were, where they are. Kaylin Kelly's case is being handled by tribal police. Um, I know myself, I kind of was wondering what exactly could, what was the difference between tribal police and police uh, who were not tribal. And it, basically, they can exercise the same criminal jurisdiction over all tribal members and they have the same authority to arrest and detain non-tribal um, members and um, to deliver them to state or federal authorities for persecution. Um, they essentially have the same as the police, but it's typically limited to tribal lands. Now, if you have any information regarding Caitlin Kelly or Robert Leons, I ask that you please contact the Menominee Tribal Detectives at 715-799-5805. That's 715 715- seven nine nine five eight zero five as always i will be posting uh pictures of both of them um up uh on the instagram page if you're listening to me you don't have my instagram handle it is the overlook podcast um podcast has two t's so it's the overlook p-o-d-c-a-s-t-t and that is on instagram and I will have uh, both of their missing persons flyers up that will have details about what they were wearing, where they were last seen, all information I kind of already gave with also um, information of how to reach detectives. Um, and I'll have other pictures of them um, and I'll try to get some pictures of the areas that were last seen. And I will put that up uh, and I'll continue to post about it during the rest of this week. Uh, I also will be releasing a mini episode sometime midweek on another case of another missing person. Um, I wanted to do this particular episode because um, I, though I want to remain true to the purpose of this podcast, which is to focus on little known cases of people of color that have not received a lot of media retention, um, of cases that are still active, are still ongoing. Um, the particular case that I'm thinking about really seeing in the middle of this week, uh, this one actually has more attention. This one actually, um, there's been podcasts on there. There's interviews that you can look up on uh, YouTube and so forth, but I really want to cover this case because I believe this case Shows exactly the issues we were talking about today in regards to missing indigenous women, in regards to uh, the lack of effort that can be shown to the finding them the disregard that can happen when there are rumors of possible prostitution, when there are rumors of possible running away. Uh, This case is a perfect example of how all those factors that we spoke about earlier can affect the case and can affect how much effort goes into finding these people. Uh, So again, I will post that midweek. It will be a mini episode. I'll still have a new episode on Sunday. So it would just be a little bonus material. Um, Again, I will post everything on Instagram. uh, Instagram, So when I do post a mini episode, uh, you will see it on my page. I will announce it on my page. Also, if you subscribe to me on whatever platform you're listening to me on, you will get a notification I do ask that you give us a follow on Instagram, that you subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to. And I do ask that you remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, even if you aren't listening to me on Apple Podcasts. Um, I also ask that you like Follow, share, post, save posts and the reason I ask that is because um, most of these platforms, social media platforms, they have changed their algorithms and um, now they show pages um, based on how many likes, subscribes, reviews, uh, saves and those sort of things. Um, and we want them to show our page to other people who are not familiar with their page, and they do that by showing people on your explore page, uh, when you search hashtags, uh, and they'll show you more based on those likes, subscribes, and those sort of things. Uh, not only with me, do that to all your favorite pages, all your favorite podcast pages, news pages, missing persons pages, um, because it helps get the news out. And again, as I, I think I said in every podcast really I truly believe the lack of public um information that is being spread the lack of information that is given to the public is the reason why I believe so many cases fall flat and police do not get tips or police are not pushed to make movements um so again not only with me with all your favorite podcasts all your favorite missing persons pages and so forth As always, stay safe, stay vigilant, and I hope you guys have an amazing week. Pulling up to Mickey D's Just for Drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra.